Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. God's always moving forward, and if I'm staying, I'm, I'm way back. Are you hearing me? Some of you stuck where you were 10 years ago still, and God's way over here. And you're like, well, I'm not backsliding. I'm still, he's like, what you mean? You haven't noticed I'm way up here? You're back there. Are we so far? From each other. God is calling us back to him. He wants more than attendance. He wants more than some money. He wants more than a hand that might go up if it feels good. He wants a heart. And God's eyes are going through the earth. Looking for men and women who would give fully committed heart. But you ask how we defiled you. You defend yourself in the presence of God. And God answers, he said, by saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. You say, all that stuff's distasteful. Pastor preaches too long, gets too up in my business, and, and it's a distaste some of the things he preaches about. Why don't Bishop be like every other pastor and just preach me feeling good? Just, you know, hold up that mirror like, you know, that wicked princess. Help me. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the wicked grandmother? What's, I don't know what my brain's. I'm on vacation. Today. What's the, what is it? The, the wicked stepmother. Yeah. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? You, of course. So we go to church and we expect the bishop, the pastor to stand up saying, you wonderful. You're just wonderful. I know what you did, but you wonderful. <laughs> we've lost the prophetic. We, we've lost iron sharpening iron, so all of our edges are dull. You need a sharp word to get in and scalpel out that cancer of unbelief and doubt. You need a sharp word that pierces to dividing, the Bible says, uh, 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 spirit and, 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 and soul. You need the word of God that goes down deep and does some cutting. And after you're cutting, you need a little time of healing. You see, when you've really been around God, when we see Jesus in Revelation, there's a a sword coming out of his mouth, a sharp edge. And his word comes to cut, not just to, not to, he will never harm you, but he sure will hurt you. You hear me? God was like, no, boy, that thing, cut, cut that boil out. Hold still. I'm going to cut that boil out, son. I, you know, I love you. I'll put a little anesthesia and make you feel okay for a minute, but it's going to hurt a little bit. And, and, and it's going to take some time to heal. Sometimes when I'm confronted with me, it hurts. But I'd rather look in the mirror of the, the, the word of God that gives me perfect liberty and freedom than deceive myself. How many of y'all interested in looking at the word of God to see who you really are? Yeah. Yeah, amen. Then it says, this is how you defile. By, by saying the Lord's table is um, contemptible. He said, when you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? You see, who is he speaking to? Priests, right? The leaders. See, leaders do not just set goals, they set standards. 
I can set a goal. We will be a 25,000-member church. I bet you I would have reached that goal five years ago if I didn't have standards. It's easy to gather a crowd. Disciples are a different ballgame. God did not just call us to raise up a crowd or just to set goals, but to raise a standard. Are you hearing me? And that standard we're going to reach for. I felt the rebuke of God just smack me in my chest. He's saying, son, your life's right. Son, it may not be your fault. I'm holding you responsible. Son, if you don't raise the standard in your house, I don't care if everyone walks away. If you don't raise the standard in your house, you're going to have to deal with me. Who does he speak to? First, the priest. And he's saying, I'm requiring something to this house. I don't need another big church. I need a right church. Are you hearing me? When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? See, sometimes it's not what you do, it's what you tolerate. The priests would let the people bring blind sacrifices. And they knew that, you know, if they didn't accept the sacrifice, they couldn't eat. Because the Levites and them, they ate from the sacrifices. So they stopped being hard on the people and actually the Persians and all that, the Babylonians, they, they stopped at this time. It's just a little history. They stopped giving to the temple, you know, Cyrus. And all. But anyway, they, they were on their own. So what the priests did, they let the people bring just about any type of sacrifice. And because the priests tolerated this, calamity broke out throughout the nation. It's not always what you do, it's what you allow. You may be loving them children, but what you allow them to watch where you let them go, what you let them do is to their detriment. I'm not talking about a legalism where your kids can't dress bright and, 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 and dance. I'm not talking about that. But I am saying that the sin of this age is tolerance. You are not good tolerating evil. That's wickedness. But our whole culture teaches us tolerate what's wrong. It's just different. No, it's evil. We need to call a spade a spade. It's wrong and not in my house. Are you hearing me? You say that's intolerant. That's righteous. That's righteous. Amen. Revelation 2 and 18. Let me read something to you. I got a race. He's speaking to the the church of Thyatira, one of the seven churches in the book of Revelations. You know, he would say great things about churches, but they need to hold something against them at times. And by the way, just because you're doing some good things don't mean that, you know, everything's all right. I know your deeds, your love and faith. So far, so good. Your service and perseverance. How many of y'all think that's pretty good? That's good. And that you are now doing more than you did at first. I mean, these guys are on fire. They're moving forward. That's good. That's good. That's good. But nevertheless, oh, nevertheless, right? I have this against you. You tolerate God looks at grace, man. Y'all some worshipers. Y'all anointed batch. Y'all doing your thing. You believe in the word. But you tolerate. Sometimes it's not what you do. It's what you allow. And God is saying to me as a leader, boy, what you tolerate. You see, you let things go in the church. You will never let go on in your house. Why not? 
See, one thing about being a leader in a church. You see, in my house, I have three others other than myself. So every time their legs leave the house, my heart goes with them. You see, one of the most painful things to do as a leader is to love. It is the most hurtful thing. You would think it was the criticism. I can handle the criticism. You would think it's the rejection, the alienation, people missing. No, no, no. The toughest part about being a leader is loving people. I have 500 hearts or so that have legs that every time they leave, I go with them. And my greatest fear is I stop, I stop loving folk. I'm like, pull back, Derek, pull back. Love opens you up. It causes you to risk. It, you can get hurt when you love. Are, are you hearing that? But what the Lord is showing me is that I kind of compartmentalize my life. I love my family. I won't tolerate it. But I, I've gotten a little callous. The things I tolerate in my house, but then I go to God's house. I wouldn't tolerate it. I allow it. But actually, the anointing of the bishop comes out of the home. I say this over and over again. He says in, in, the, in the word of God, if a man knows how to take care of his own house, then he can manage mine. So the spirit you have in home, you bring to church. That's why the many dysfunctional churches, because bishops and pastors with dysfunctional families bring that mess to the church. And then it just multiplies. But what God is saying to me, that order I maintain in my house, and my house is a house of order, a lot of love. But it's a place of order. The kids know their kids. Mama knows she's loved. The kids know they better love and honor mama. You hear what I'm saying? They have regular, they got to clean their rooms. They got to be home in it. They got to do their homework. There's no going outside. Matter of fact, no computer games, boys. You're going you to go bounce a ball today. You're going to sweat a little bit. You know, we're going to turn, you understand? But what God is saying, he's saying, son, I love you, boy, but that passion you have for your house, you, you got you to bring the church. I said, Lord, they going to beat me. <laughs> I might have five people left. He's like, well, but this is what God's calling us to. I think I'm a good daddy. I give my kids a lot of freedom, a lot of liberty. But I think they feel safe because they have boundaries. What God's telling me, in some respect, as a leader, I fail. I haven't laid some lines. Now, if I'm saying this about me, you know it applies to you. Think about your situation. Where have you not laid the lines? Where have you just tolerated where you should have stopped it? Where have you negotiated when you should have commanded? Are you hearing I started to say to my, it's just the culture. They're all crazy, Lord. I can't fix them, so just let them be crazy in here. It's all right. Because I, uh, a leader doesn't just make goals. He makes a standard. He says, when you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? God is saying, where are my blue ribbon offerings? You see, what, what would happen was they would go to the flocks. And you're supposed to go, when it comes to God, you're supposed to pick your choices, cow. I mean, the one with perfect everything, you know, just, just the best looking, the, the, the best cow. And that's what you brought to the house of God, your blue ribbon animal. But instead, when it came to God, you're like, uh-uh, you stay right over there. 
and you look for sick and weak. You come to church tired. You, 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 you're about half interested. It's like as long as he's not too long, as long as he don't get too much in my business, I'll tolerate him. You hear what I'm saying? And we come to church with that spirit and wonder why there are no miracles. Every now and then we, we get a little healing. Somebody gets through cancer. But, but where is the building shaking miracles of the book of Acts? Where's the dead coming back? You want those types of results, you got to start giving blue ribbon offerings. Making blue ribbon sacrifice. You see, I know that when it's darkest and it's hardest and it's my worst hour, that's a blue ribbon moment. That's when I lift my hands the highest. I shout his his name the, the loudest. Because that's when I can give him my best, when I got to dig the deepest. But for many in this room, when you go through, I ain't going there today. I got too much stuff going on in my life. God's looking for a blue ribbon offering. He, he's looking for the, not the diseased, not the crippled. He says, try offering them to your governor. In other words, in the real world, this would not work. What you trying to pull? Yeah, we act like God's not real. We act like our boss is more real to God. No, really. He said, would he be pleased with you? Would your boss accept you left? You go to work talking about, well, I was late. I was hanging out last night and I was a little bit tired. So let me put my head down. Would your boss accept that? No. Why? You arrange your life around your job. And God is saying, am I not greater? You need to arrange your life around fellowship with your God. Amen. And maybe you start enjoying your job a little bit more. Said, would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Contrast here. He's talking about a governor with a little bit of power. He says, I'm the Almighty God. And if he wouldn't be pleased, how much more? You don't know what you're messing with, what you're playing with here. I am God. I know where you live. I know where to find you every moment of the day. All I got to do is go, eh, heart attack. Serious. All I got to do is go like this. You can't hear again. Never. All I got to do is just go play in my garden. Do this with a piece of dirt. You are six feet under. I'm God. If you do that for a governor, where's my glory? How come your boss is getting more honor than I do? Some of you, how come your, your wives and husbands get more honor? Did your husband die for you? Did your woman die for you? That man you laying up with you ain't married to? Did he go to a cross for you? That you'd lay it out like that for him and turn your back on me? With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro the earth. Basically what God's looking for are people that will not demand that God accepts them on their terms, but people that will accept God on his terms. Ten. He says something interesting. He says, oh, that one of you had the discernment, had the clarity of mind to shut the church down. 
He's saying when this goes on, I don't care if it's 10 million, 10,000 people. I want the door shut. Are you you hearing me? Oh, that one of you had the discernment to shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. Go through the rituals, but the hearts are far from. When we go to service, man, we, wow, that was a great meeting. The music was perfect. No one missed the key. Preaching was just 30 minutes, you know, just right on time. I was out right in time for the football game. And, you know, everything is just good. And we go home saying, man, that was church. And God was like, you need to shut the doors. God has a different perspective. The things I call praise, sometimes disgusting. The things that the world marvels at and, and says is wonderful. God says, ugh, hear me. So that you would not light useless fire. He called their worship useless. That little dog. But when you're not doing the prescribed thing in this prescribed place, when you're not obeying God. In other words, you, you say, Lord, I don't want to do what you say, but hallelujah. No, I ain't doing that. I ain't, no, no, they can talk about that as much as they want. I ain't that way. Uh, hallelujah. Are you enjoying this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, God told me, I know what you said, God. You beat my conscience. Leave me alone. I ain't got it. Matter of fact, I'll go to another church, God. I ain't going to I'm going somewhere else where they, 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 they'll, they'll just make me feel comfortable singing hallelujah and not dealing with truth. It's a dangerous place to be in. He says here, I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty. How dare you, Bishop? I give $20 in the offering. Every week. I'll take my $20 to another church. You don't know me well enough. As much as I love you, don't let the door hit you on the way out. No, you need to hear me. This thing cost me my life. I had corporate opportunities. Six-figure... Boy, I'm not playing with this thing. I'm not here because I couldn't do nothing else. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not trying to, you know, start hustling and, you know, no, 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 no. God called me. God will keep me. And we're going to raise the standard just a little bit. Amen. And he goes on and says, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the what? Nations. What was God's vision for the church? You see, my, that God's name will be what? Great. He wanted the church to be excellent. He wanted the church to, church to be ordered. He wanted the church to be disciplined. He was saying, listen, guys, you're all about you just kind of doing your religious thing. But, but my vision is my name. And I want the nations to come and look at my church and say, they're a peculiar people. They are different. They have a unique spirit. They, they are passionate about that. They're not playing. There's a sincerity, a genuineness in this house. It convicts my heart. I almost want to cry, even though my brain is saying, I don't want that God. But my, there's something pulling on me. There's such a, a, a genuineness of spirit that I feel like I got to fall on my knees and repent. He's saying the vision for my house is that my name will be great, not the church's name, but my name. And if I ever get to the place that I sacrifice the numbers for the standard, I said my name will be great, God. Are you hearing me? And not your name. 
What God is saying, Grace Church, his vision for this house is to raise up a people that will make his name great. How we pray, hallowed, hallowed be your name. The only way his name will be great is if we don't just have goals, but we have so from the rising of the sun, I mean, this is the scope of God's vision. He wants Japanese people to come to Grace Church. Oh, wow. Yeah. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be bought in my name because my name will be what? Great. We know twice is for what? Emphasis. This is God's vision for the church to make his name great. He's true to his name. We need to be clear about his name. Name represents character. We need to be clear about what God requires, about who he is and what he demands. Then he says, among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. Verse 13, and we're beginning to wrap up. And you say, what a burden. God, you're being irksome. Bishops too long again. I don't have time for all that. I don't need all that. I got my life. You say, what a burden. Well, you ought to say, what a privilege that you would call me by name. Care. Even what I think and what I feel. While I was a sinner, you died for me. How dare I call you a burden? Hear it. He's calling for humility. But the people say, what a burden. What a burden. And you sniff at it, what? Contemptuous. In other words, you look at me like you smell something. I start preaching a certain line. Oh, bishop. Looking at me all crooked. It's useless fires in a smelly God. You know, when God gets serious, we're like, ah, that's why we're where we are. We need all that and more. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.